And so that's um, been a, a, quite a journey, but I mean, it's, we're still on that journey. Um, it, and at times we have no clue what we're doing. <laughs> and that's, um, uh, but we're just looking to Jesus and to God to see what he's doing and hopefully in, uh, joining him in that. Um, so this morning, as uh, I'm sharing a te- this text with you, uh, it's an interesting text that came up in one of my conversations with uh, somebody I met in the community. It reminded me of this text, uh, but it's also, uh, it's also something that I continue in this journey of making disciples. One of the questions that keeps coming up is, what is a disciple? How, if, if my goal or if my calling or calling um, as disciples of Jesus is to make disciples of all nations, how do we know we've made a disciple? Um, and so this is just one of the texts that I wrestle with or that uh, kind of informs me on my journey, but, uh, you know, there's others as well, and this is not the be-all and end-all. Um, so let's look at it. If you have your Bibles, um, turn with me or on your phones or wherever it is um, to this text, and it's, uh, it's, in, it's found in Matthew chapter 7, and we're going to look at just nine verses, uh, verses Uh, 21 to 29. Okay? It's going to be up on the screen there. So this is what it says. These are the words of Jesus. This is what he says. He says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of the Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name, drive out demons, and in your name, perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts it into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rains came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and puts it into practice, puts them into practice, is like a foolish, or does not put them into practice, is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rains came down, the streams rose, the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished these, uh, finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teachings, because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teacher, as their teachers of the law. So, as we read this text, um, I just want to start with uh, the context of this. Um, Many of you might be familiar with this text if you've been in the church for a a while. Um, And this text is actually part of a bigger uh, segment or uh, a sermon, if you want to call it that, um, starting in chapter 5. And Jesus goes um, on in this sermon, and, um, and he starts off with the Beatitudes, right? Blessed are those who mourn, for theirs is the kingdom of God, and so on and so forth. And then he, he addresses things like being the salt of the light, uh, salt and light in the world. And he talks about murder, divorce, um, and he talks about an eye for an eye and loving your neighbor or loving your enemies as yourself. Um, in this text, in this context, in this sermon, uh, part of it is also he teaches his disciples to pray, the Lord's Prayer. And so, boy, does Jesus 
I really pack a lot into this sermon. And uh, I don't know if you know, uh, but actually if you, if you were to have this sermon read out loud, um, it's not a very long sermon. Uh, probably not as long as what I'm going to preach today. <laughs> um, this sermon, I, I had it actually, I, I did it on audio and looked at how long it would take. And actually from, from Jesus, from the beginning to the end, it's, it's less than 15 minutes that it took Jesus to say these things. Well, that I imagine it would take Jesus to say these things. Um, but here's what's interesting about this text is as we look at where the context is of this text is that this text is right at the very end of the sermon. Um, and so as I look at this text, it's like, for me, uh, what I end off with, and, and those of you who remember writing essays and things like that, right, the ending is usually the conclusion of what you're saying. It's also where you want to kind of reiterate your main point, right? Like, this is what I want everybody to go away with. This is what I want them to, to remember as they leave here. I want to reiterate this thing again. And that's the context of this uh, text right here, is that it's at the end of the Sermon of the Mount. And I think Jesus wanted his hearers or the disciples that were following him to go away hearing these last words of his. And so that's what Jesus was doing here. I think Jesus here at the very beginning and this sermon, if we look at it as a whole, is really about defining discipleship, what it means to be a disciple. His main point, that was his main point for the whole message, and that's why he ends off with this text. And so this morning, my, um, my sermon or my message is really just distinguishing dis- disciples. Jesus was distinguishing what a disciple is or what disciple, uh, disciples are. Um, and so as we reflect on this uh, text today, I hope we go back to that, this question that runs in my mind is what distinguishes a disciple of Jesus? Um, and as I reflect on this text, I was reminded of something uh, that I've encountered. How many of you have used Craigslist here? Yeah. So Craigslist is a place where, those of you who don't know, uh, might be, it's a place where you, use, uh, you buy and sell used things. And so in my searches sometimes, I've come across an ad like this. Um, it's going to come up. Oh, so here's an ad that I found on Craigslist. It's a brand new iPhone 8. I know that's outdated already. <laughs> but anyway, uh, if you read, if, uh, I guess you can't read the fine print there, but it says, no worry about buying fake phone. This is not an open box or refurbished item. 700 brand new. Uh, it was a Christmas gift, never opened with receipt from Best Buy. So sounds, looks, sounds and looks pretty legitimate, right? Um, it's even got a receipt. It hasn't been opened. And then I come across another ad, and this is what it looks like. Watch out, lots of scammers selling new phones with receipts. <laughs> <clears throat> and if you look at the frying print, it says, uh, most of the new phones with receipts for sale on Craigslist are scams. Be careful. And receipts don't mean anything. It's not proof of ownership. Only registered owners of the phone on their computer system is a real owners. It also says some scammers are selling replica phones that look like the real thing, but inter- the internals are 
crap. I think that's okay to say, right? Uh, uh, low resolution cameras, low CPUs. If you can't transfer the ownership at a store, it's likely a fake or stolen phone. And so these are the, the if you Google this, um, you know, uh, this is what you find on Craigslist, and it makes me wonder, how do I know if I'm getting a legitimate phone? Now, it's interesting, in this text, as we just read, the beginning of this end of this sermon starts off, Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Right? So he's distinguishing, how do we know those who will enter the kingdom of heaven versus those that don't? And this is what he says. He says, many on that day will say, will call him Lord, right? Many of uh, them will say, I, didn't I prophesy in your name? Didn't I drive out demons? Didn't we perform miracles? And then in the end, he says, verse 23, it says, then I will plainly tell them away from me, you evildoers. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read this text, um, you know, at the end of the text, um, it says, when Jesus had finished saying these words, the, the crowds were amazed at his teachings. Um, I don't know. I, I read this text, and I'm like, well, I'm not sure if I'm more amazed or I'm a little scared. <laughs> um, it's because as I, you know, as I look at it, I've been called to preach his word. I'm, I'm, I'm the very people that could say, Lord, Lord, didn't I call your name? Didn't I preach? Didn't I pastor churches? Didn't I do this? And that's not what Jesus says. Um, so, he, as I but I, as I'm examining this text, there's a couple things I'm coming to conclusions on, and I'm trying to kind of uh, that I want to share with you. One of them is as we distinguish disciples, uh, we this text tells us what a disciple is not. All right, just like in that ad, they said, "Well, it's a new phone, but it's really not yours until you transfer ownership." And so, what this text tells us first of all, is that a disciple is not a simple acknowledgement of Lord or God. Okay? Now, some of you might be familiar with another text in James, right? Uh, in the book of James, um, James says, you know, even the devil calls God and Lord, acknowledges him as God and Lord. And so, Jesus isn't saying anything different. He's you know, a disciple is not a simple acknowledgement of Lord or God. The other thing that uh, I, I guess, conclude from this text, or we can conclude from this text in distinguishing a disciple, is a disciple is not about what I call spiritual performances. Okay? So we don't look, it's not how well somebody preaches or what perfor spiritual performances people do. That's not what Jesus is defining as a disciple. And I'm going, hmm, interesting. Um, so, as the, so what is a disciple? The passage continues, okay? And um, there is a, a, a disciple, this part of the, the beginning part of the text kind of gives us a clue as to what is a disciple, right? It's, it's, um, it's not those that, sorry, 
It's not those that uh, just call on Jesus. Um, but in verse 21, it gives us a little bit of a hint. A disciple uh, is not, will enter the kingdom, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. All right? So we kind of get a clue first here in the beginning of what a disciple is, somebody who does the will of the Father in heaven. But what does that look like? That's where the passage continues to unpack. And we go into this, um, what we call a parable, right? And a parable is a picture, and this is what the parable says. This is The parable is, is about someone who hears these words of mine. It's like a, a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rains came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because its foundation was on the rock. And then it gives us a picture of somebody else who doesn't, who hears these words of Jesus and doesn't put them into practice. And he's called, he's like a foolish man uh, who built his house on sand. The rains came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew, and it beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Now, this parable is uh, often taught as I grew up in the church and ever as the parable of the foolish and wise builders, those that built on the rock versus those that built on sand. Now, and there's even, uh, you know, pretty cool kids' songs about, you know, the wise man built his house on the rock, upon the rock right? And the fool, wise man built his house upon the rock. And as I, you know, as I reflected on this uh, parable again, you know, I'm, I reminisce about those days that I learned about that in Sunday school, and I see pictures of um, this, where there's those that, this is the picture that I often saw. Um, and, uh, and sometimes I've heard messages, too, on this, where it's about building a firm foundation, right? Um, but as I look at this text, and if we look at the context of this text, um, I kind of realize, oh, I kind of missed the main idea of the, the parable. Um, it's not actually about the foundations. It's not actually about building foundations, although that's alluded to in the text. But if we look at the text carefully, again, it's an illustration of distinguishing who is a disciple and who isn't, or, or distinguishing disciples. And it goes back to the text prior to, um, therefore, you know, who gets the kingdom of heaven and who don't. Um, and so I want us to look at this again, and let's look at it carefully. And, and notice, remember, the, the foundations and the building, that's the picture, that's the parable Jesus was using. But his point was actually what you see here. It's those, everyone who hears God's, hears these words of mine, so Jesus' words, and puts them into practice. They are one picture. But the main point is that they, these are the people who hear Jesus' words and puts them into practice. And then if you notice, he uses the exact same sentence, or the same words in verse 28, or sorry, in verse 26. And he says, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice. And so if we look at the text, the real contrast he's making is really those that hear and put them into practice versus those that hear and don't put them into practice. That's the picture we should come away with, right? And so... 
as I look at this text again, and we now then apply it to distinguishing disciples, um, this is how, this is what I, I take away from it. As here's the parable. So it, it's about those that hear his words and put them into practice are the wise, those that are wise. And those that hear God's or Jesus' words, or the words of Jesus, and does not put them into practice are the foolish. Right? And therefore, um, the disciples will stand while those will fall. Those that are not disciples will fall with a great crash. So going back to def- defining discipleship or dis- distinguishing um, disciples, disciples, a disciple is one who does God's will. Okay? But what does it mean to, put, to do God's will? At the very beginning of that text, right? He, this is what Jesus gives us a picture of. He says, to do God's will is to hear the words of Jesus and to live them out and apply them in our lives. That's what distinguishes a disciple. One who does God's will. Who hears the words of Jesus and lives them out. The other thing we see uh, from the text that I forgot to mention in the very beginning was um, right at the end there when Jesus says, uh, then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers, right? So the second thing a disciple or the other thing I, that I take away from this text is that as a, a disciple is one who knows Jesus and Jesus knows him. It's not about the performances. It's not about acknowledging who Jesus is. It's that there's a personal relationship, that there's, there's a knowing of Jesus in, a, in an intimate way or in some way beyond just the performances and the, the, the things that happen. And so it's, it's interesting because as I plant a church, one of the challenges for me is how do we start incorporating these things in our church? from the get-go. And, um, and so I came across this video, and um, it's, it's a Francis Chan. It's, it's, quite, it's from quite a few years ago, and he illustrates this point about discipleship and what it is. And uh, so I want you guys to watch it. Uh, if uh, Some of you have seen it, may have seen it, but uh, it illustrates this point well. When I was a kid, we used to play this game called Simon Says. All right, most of us have played that, unless you're really young, because there's no app for it. It, it, Simon Says is, uh, you know, you just, Simon Says, pat your head, you know, so, okay, you know, Simon said it. Um, It's just, it was a very simple game, but it's so weird how in the church, Jesus Says is a totally different game. If Jesus says something, you don't have to do it, you just have to memorize it. You, you, you study it, you memorize You guys, it, it doesn't make any sense. A lot of the things we do, when he tells us to go out and make disciples, and how many people in the, our churches are actually making disciples? They memorized it. You know, when I tell my daughter, hey, hey Rach, go clean your room. She doesn't come back to me two hours later and go, I memorized what you said. <laughs> you said, Rach, go clean your room. I can say it in Greek. (laughs) 
my friends are going to come over and we're going to have a study on what it would look like if I cleaned my room. <laughs> she knows better than that. And so why do we think we're going to come before the judge one day and quote everything that he said and talk about how much we know? It's just, it's just this black and white stuff. If I just started with scripture, I'd go, here's what I would do. I'll start making disciples. Uh, that illustrates the same point, and that's one of the challenges that as, um, as I've been pastoring, um, I'll, I'll admit, I'm really good at leading studies and, uh, you know, knowing, you know, I went to seminary, got a degree on the Bible and everything, but one of the things that I realized that I had to start learning was, how do I put the words of Jesus into practice? And um, so as we go from here, um, I want us to think about uh, some things uh, about how this changes us as disciples. Uh, one of the things I point out as we read this text in distinguishing disciples, the goal of Jesus wasn't so that we could go around and say, oh, I can tell who's a disciple and who's not, and you're a disciple, you're not, that person is, that person is not. That wasn't, I don't think that's what Jesus is doing. I, Jesus was convicting those that heard these the words of his here in what we do. And that's what I that's why I'm convicted of that as a church or as somebody trying to, you know, wanting to plant a church is how do we be true disciples of Jesus? And so as we go from here, given these words of Jesus, uh, how does this change us? How does this change us as we listen to Jesus' words? Um, what's something we will do? I will be more aware of how I am living out Jesus in the community. I want to be more intentional um, to connect with people that don't go to church or believe in God. That's one of the things that I've been convicted of um, in our community. I want to be more attentive I don't want to be more attentive to what, what I hear from Jesus. Sometimes I'm so busy, I, I don't hear Jesus. So I don't know what I'm putting into practice. And the second question, or the second thing we, I hope we can take away is, is there someone we can share this story with this week? I met somebody in the, I'll end with this. I met somebody in the community uh, who wasn't a Christian, uh, in the last few months, and um, but he had told he, he had told me he'd been going to church for a couple months, uh, a good church somewhere in Vancouver. Um, I won't reveal which church, um, but he stopped going, and and so I I was having coffee with him and just getting to know him, and and um, and he said, and I said, well, you know, tell me about your your experience at church. He said, well, the pastor was a good guy. Uh, the church was, you know, the worship service was nice. The message was good. Um, and I realized he didn't really have a lot of complaints about the church. He's actually, he actually spoke very well of the church, yet he had stopped going. And, but as I got to know him in the, in the weeks to come and, and as I continued to have coffee with him, um, it was interesting. He said, you know, one of the things that I struggle with, he said, with Christianity is that, 
I go to church and I'm invited to this Bible studies and it's a nice service and all that. And he, he said, but where do I, how do I know when that people's lives have been changed? I hear a good sermon, um, but I don't know other people, like I don't know, I don't see other changes. Um, I'm invited to a Bible study where we, we look at a bio, the, the text and we go away with, with good thoughts and good practices. Um, but where do I see it put into practice? And it reminded me of this text. And God's been challenging me in this text. And um, it's challenged me that as the church, perhaps, you know, I've got to do a better job or we've got to do a better job or the church has got to do, do a better job of incorporating and living out our lives as disciples of Jesus. Um, that we're not just inviting people to a church of programs, but we're inviting them into a life that Jesus distinguishes as disciples. People who do God's will, who hear from God or hear the words of Jesus and are putting them into practice. And that this person can know Jesus in a personal way. And so that's what we, we're venturing to do. And, and uh, we want to be a church that, um, lists, that, that exemplifies that, that puts the words of Jesus, that we hear it, we don't just hear it, but how are we practicing it? And how do we share that among one another, that we could be an encouragement to the people in our churches, but also in the people in our communities and those that haven't heard about Jesus? Let's pray. Father, thank you for these words, though they're hard to hear and um, even scary when I first heard it, Lord. But Lord, we look to you and we need you in our lives. We need you. We need to know you as we call your name. And we need you to work in our lives as, that, as we hear your words. We don't just get familiar with them and know it well and be able to recite it, but that we would we would see tangible ways you're calling us to live it out. And that would be our testimony to the community. That would be our testimony to the world. And as we invite other people into discipleship, as we invite other people to journey with us in following you, Lord, that we're not just inviting them to know your word, but to put them into practice. And so, Lord, we all need your help in doing this. And so, Lord, we look to you and we give you thanks that you are God who loves us and who is so gracious that you journey with us and empower us and are with us as we go about doing this. We give you thanks and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.